Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in cars going to festivals. All right. Our offering to the Pagan Podcast Blogosphere, Podcast of Sphere, this evening. <laughs> Potosphere. Potosphere. Our, our offering to the Potosphere tonight is burnout. Uh, well, maybe not. Hey, you get burnout. <laughs> well, okay, but you say that, and also I think that's one of the issues with leadership in pagan circles, and I mean every small group community organization too. Oh, yeah. But we see it a lot, especially recently, I think, as our elders are aging out of wanting to be in leadership, and new people are coming on and taking on a lot of things. And so it kind of does turn into, oh, hey, here's your burnout. Here's your pagan leadership with a side of burnout. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, and a lot of that, I think, also has to do with modalities of leadership, um, particularly that we've seen in the past. There were a lot of people, and there still are a lot of people, who their leadership style is, well, if no one else is going to do it, I'm just going to freaking do it. And that's a, that's like mainlining burnout. Yeah. I mean, it's a choice one can make. Um, and that's, I think our, the culture that we come from as pagans and that we have moved into as younger pagans, um, really is around that because you see people who are doing all the things all the things mm-hmm. and that's kind of the impression that you get well this is what leadership looks like this is what I should do if I'm going to be a leader this is what I'm going to have to do and um, everybody leads different well and I think as people coming as we are encouraging new leadership as we have to do like if we want Whatever organization you are part of, whatever community you're part of, whether whether you are an ADF member or whether you're part of a coven or a grove or a small eclectic pagan group, I think part of what you need to do is that future planning of who's leading after you um, if you want this to be a lasting community. And it is our job as the current leaders to start trying to change that culture. Yes, I do agree with that. Um, And part of that, in a lot of cases, is just learning how to make space. 
one of the things that I sometimes hear from people who want to take over a leadership role is, but I don't, I don't see where I fit. I don't know where, I don't know, I don't know why we need another priest. And my response invariably is, that's not your job. Your job is not to see where you're needed. Our job is to make room for you. And there's there's enough work to go around. No one needs to hoard it like an awful old dragon and keep it all to themselves. You know, good leaders spread everything from wealth to work. Yeah, and I think if, if we're talking about um, clergy specifically, I think... It is on the incoming, the aspirant clergy, the incoming clergy, to have some idea of where their vocation might lie or where they want to try things. A, a best guess, if you will, not necessarily a certain notion. Oh, not a certain. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not implying certain notion. I'm saying. I know. What are the things that you want to try out that sound like they would be fulfilling to you? And it's the job of any pre-existing clergy in your community to support you in following that and making the space for you to take that on. Yep. Um, to both succeed and fail in it. Yeah. But to do so with a safety net. Yeah. So it's not, you know, oh, you want to do that thing? Go do it. It's how can I help you do it? Yeah. And I think us as like as pre-existing clergy being um, being that that mentor piece where we can listen without judgment and the aspirant or the new clergy can come to us and say man this went really wrong without being afraid that we're gonna like condemn them and tell them they're a horrible person and a horrible priest and and just kind of brainstorm with them and be like yeah that's that's rough that sucks like acknowledge how hard it can be and provide a space for it. Yeah. And be gracious enough to listen to feedback that comes from a place of inexperience sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's... That feedback is still valuable, even if they don't know what the heck they're talking about. It's still the impression that they have. Yep. Um, um, if we're talking about leadership that is... I don't want to say non-vocation-based, but non, non-clerical-based, non-clergy-based... Um, Non-clerical in the clergy sense, but perhaps quite clerical. Quite clerical in the, oh my God, so many policies, paperwork, and meetings sense. Um, Which I think is where we run into, I think we run into a lot of burnout because we're crossing and conflating those two leadership roles. Total protonic reversal. <laughs> You're not <laughs> helping me keep my brains in my brain so that I can talk right. <laughs> I know it. Don't cross the streams. Yes. Yes. So the, the the notion that if you are in that priestly leadership role and that's what you really want to do, that obviously you also want to do meetings and do paperwork and. Uh, manage finances and yes. take notes. None, of, none and... of that is likely to be true. Um, it may be true from time to time for certain people. It's but it shouldn't, to be, true but it shouldn't be the assumption. Right. Um, so I think a lot of burnout happens when you are passionate about one or the other of those things. And because of the 
way that the pagan community has often worked in the past, you end up forced into doing both. Yes. And so you'll see people who are really passionate about liturgical things and pastoral things, and then they're dragged into having to do the organizational tasks of reserving spaces, managing bank accounts, um, like that kind of stuff. And then you have the people who are really good at doing that kind of thing. They have the brain to have a well-organized, well-run meeting. They understand finances and trending and goal setting and all that stuff. Um, but they have no interest in leading a ritual. Yeah. And, and so I think a lot of burnout happens when you are not a person who likes both those things and you try to do both of them. Um, and cause it just, it uses, it completely drains you. Um, and either in a balance, an unbalance in either direction can make it so that you become cynical and jaded about the whole because you're not liking the half that is not for you. Yes. And no matter who you are, there will be a part of it that is not for you. And that's okay. <laughs> that is totally okay. The, the trick is either to learn how to deal with it and it's okay not to be able to because if you can't, you just learn how to delegate it. Yeah, so like right now, I'm Vice Arch Druid and ADF. Uh, so I'm not only clergy and acting in the Grove and have pastoral and ritual responsibilities, but I'm also involved in the administrative body of the international organization. And that is not my, like, my vocation. I am not an administrative person. I'm good at a lot of those things, but it's it's not the thing that makes me enjoy it. Um, not to make your soul sing to sit in a uh, 9.30 meeting. It does not. Day. It yeah. does not. <laughs> um, but, I, so, for me, the things that I pull in to make that Vice Arch Druid stuff manageable for me is I've set myself work hours or that I try to keep so that I'm not constantly doing little bits of work. I try to set aside time where like I'm actually doing those things. Are you setting boundaries with yourself? I am setting boundaries with myself. That sounds like a common theme on this podcast. It's okay to set boundaries. <laughs> um, I make sure that all of my communications happen in writing a lot for my benefit because if it's in writing, I don't have to remember it in my head and I use my email box as a task list. Yep. So like if that's why, like if you read any of my reports, I always have in there like, please email me at this place because it gets added to my workflow. So like one of the boundaries I've put in is if someone has an administrative question, if they send it to me on like Facebook messenger, I'm going to ask them to email it to me because that way I don't lose it. And so part of my boundary is just where can you contact me about what? And it's not a, like... I don't want to talk to you about this thing. Right. It's it's not a, like, hard, why are you talking about this? I, I hate you. It's a, I, I, I will forget to answer you if you talk to me about this here. So please email it to this other place. Um, so that's one of the boundaries I've set. And the other thing for me is... As someone who is in this leadership role, and currently the way ADF requires it is that my role has to be clergy, um, but for me, I know that I don't 
know a lot of administrative things, but I know a lot of people who know administrative things. And so I'm really big on, okay, I don't know this, but I know this person does and they're really good at it. So not only am I avoiding burnout by delegating to someone else, but I'm also empowering that someone else to use their skills that they're passionate about and hopefully be able to bring them into a a more formal leadership position. You're using what doesn't feed you to feed somebody else. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) One person's trash is another person's treasure, as they say. I am a trash panda. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I mean, that's, that is all good. My own personal strategies um, for avoiding burnout tend to be uh, very simple. I just tell people no. Um, No, I can't do that right now. Or, sorry, that's just not possible for me. I'm overextended. I'm done. And it infuriates a lot of people. Okay, but I will say in this meeting tonight that we just had, you and I, Mm -hmm. when I said, hey, will you take on the name tags? And you said, maybe. Yep. I need you to tell me yes or no. I need to, I just need to think about it a little bit longer. Okay. Then That's I need all. you to not forget that and tell me yes or no. Oh, I won't forget it. I already have a spreadsheet started. It's, okay. it's fine. I just, again, I need to balance my stuff and I'm not there yet. Yeah. So you, you will get an answer. I mean, hell, I brought it up. <laughs> That's so, true. You did bring it up. <laughs> it's on my mind. I, it's not going to get forgotten. Which I will say another piece of this whole burnout and leadership culture in pagan circles is just because someone brings up an idea don't assume that they are the one doing it so like you and i had the explicit conversation then and just now of are you taking this on like you brought it up so i'm going to ask you if you want to do it but it is also perfectly valid to say no i want someone else to do this and i have an idea of who that might be Yep. Um, or even, I don't know who it might be, but this is a thing I really want to see. This is important How do we enough. Make it work. And this is important enough. We need to figure it out. Yeah. Very often we fall into the trap, and we used to do this all the time in in ADF. And I don't know if we do it as often now because I'm a little bit more disconnected from the admin side of things. But um, it used to be if you brought up an idea and you weren't willing to execute it yourself never got done because no one else was willing to pick up anyone else's ideas um so my hope is that that has improved but i again i wasn't involved then yeah but i would guess that it's improved a little bit now i think um because like we had a volunteer coordinator which that position is currently open because the that nod just um finished his term and because he is dealing with work-life balance and so he's like I'm finishing my term, and so someone else needs to take this on. Um, so what you're saying is that someone should go onto the website if they feel passionately about volunteers and potentially volunteer to coordinate other volunteers. That is correct. Yes. Okay, that's a good thing to know. That is correct. We'll make sure this gets they out should, just after Wellspring and people will They here. should, in fact, email one of those Mother Grove officers um, whose emails will be in the annual report with their suggestions and ideas um, and for things like volunteer coordinators, because we have a couple of positions that are open on various committees and things. Um, and I think, I think that is a place of improvement for um, at least the current leadership, um, myself included, 
in our smaller community, like within ADF, but also just across other pagan communities, that that place of improvement is do the work as current leaders to reach out and find new people who want to do the work. Yeah, I agree. I think that's an important thing. And encouraging people to do the work. I mean, we're running into this in a number of places where we, we've our our Grove has chartered a Cub Scout pack. And so we're trying to get those parents involved too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the thing about this cool religion club we got is that it runs on volunteers. It runs on us doing the work. We get in there, we get our hands dirty and we get out of it yep. and when, much more than we put into it. And when we get those volunteers, um, when we give them clear expectations about what we need yeah. and we empower them to do the things to get what we need. And we don't push on their boundaries to shove them yeah. outside their comfort zone. So when we do all those things, we set up our organization for future success by encouraging that growth of new leaders and preventing burnout from anyone who's coming in or is currently in. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I, I made a video this past year. I'm shocked you made a video. I know, right? Um, <laughs> and, and you've seen it. I, I've sent it to you, but um, I'm going to send it to all of our officers of the Grove. Oh, is every, it that little, like, 10-second yeah, clip? It's a, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's okay. about a minute long. <laughs> oh, it, And yeah. it's, you know, here's, here's the secret of, you know, how Three Cranes is so successful. We trust our leaders. That's all there is to it. And we tell them that. Mm -hmm. And tell them that you trust them, actually trust them. That's actually the hard part. <laughs> Telling them is not the hard part. Actually trusting them is, is difficult. Um, but if you tell them and you trust them and you, you let them do the work that they're going to do, you will get all sorts of quality work out of them that you never expected to get. And it's because they're following their passion. They're, they're doing what moves them. And they feel like they're valued because they are. And I will say part of that is also um, building that kind of trust that allows you to have an honest and sincere conversation of, do you need help right now? Uh -huh. Like it's not, a, it's not a bad thing about you if you need help. I care about you and I care about this position and I care about this organization. Can I support you? Um, but doing it with that, that from that position of trust. Yes, from from trust and from support. Because honestly, if you if you spend a lot of time berating others, or if you aren't willing to put in the work to trust the people that you're working with, then when you come to them and you say, "Do you need help?" They're going to feel an ulterior motive. Yep. You've actually got to trust them. And that's rough. That could be hard, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Like we have high quality, very high quality um, people working within our grove. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So that's, that's my biggest suggestion for avoiding burnout is just trust people. Let them do the work they want to do. Let them follow their passions and they'll volunteer for stuff. They'll step up because yep. they feel valued. They feel trusted. Yep. 
So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire.